to the Just for Variety podcast. I'm Jazz Tanke, Senior Artisans Editor, filling in for Mark Malkin. Kelly Marie Tran's body of work includes Star Wars The Last Jedi and Sorry for Your Loss. Most recently, Kelly Marie voiced Dawn Betterman in The Croods A New Age, and now audiences will get to see and hear Kelly in her latest project, Raya and the Last Dragon, from Disney Animation. We'll be back with Kelly Marie Tran right after this, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Just for Variety, and now without further ado, here's Kelly Marie Tran. Hello and welcome. Hello. (laughs) I am so excited to be here with you and filling in for Mark today. Raya and the Last Dragon is such a beautiful animation, just as a Southeast Asian person watching this, seeing the beautiful animation and Raya, what was it like for you to get this script and and read through the incredible words that Adele Lim had written? Yeah, it it was a a huge deal. And like you said, our writers, so Adele and Kui is also one of our writers as well. Um, we win. Yeah. And they're incredible. And again, when you were, you know, talking about how beautiful the animation is to be able to be part of this world, Disney animated films played such a huge part of my childhood and to now be an actor who gets to be part of this world and gets to see a little more into this magical process, this collaboration that has somehow magically comes together to create a, a movie like this. It's just out of this world and yeah, reading that script and also watching the movie after it was finished and and seeing how meticulous Disney has been about wanting to accurately represent this part of the world. It's an incredible experience. I wish I could bring every person who's ever wanted to do this with me because I know that it's something that so few people get to experience and it's just as good as you imagine it. I'm just gonna say that. (laughs) (laughs) Before we go into Raya and the Last Dragon, because you brought it up, um, you know, what were some of your favorite Disney memories growing up? Did you say Disney memories or Disney movies? Yeah, Disney memories. Okay, tons. Well, I'm a very big Disneyland person. Um, <laughs> I loved going to Disneyland growing up and I love, I have like a food schedule when I go there because obviously I usually just go for the day because I'm from Southern California. I had the SoCal pass. And so I would <laughs> make sure that I got the uh, Disneyland corn dog. I wanted to get the chicken fusilli pasta from the pizza port for lunch all the time. Um, I love the ice cream on Main Street and the churros. This is very food heavy. Um, But yeah, I have a lot of Disney memories and a lot of them are associated with Disneyland. A lot of them are associated with Disney movies and a lot of them are associated with, as a kid, dressing up as Disney characters and role playing and letting yourself imagine as a kid that you can be a person who's having these adventures and experiencing this sort of magical life. Um, Yeah, so it's played a big part in my my childhood and adolescence, absolutely. You're making me hungry with all that Disney food (laughs) talk. And I- Really pasta is chef's kiss. And there is a beautiful food scene in Raya and the Last Dragon, which, you know, just marries real life ingredients with how to make Tom Yum soup and it, that, seeing that come off the, seeing that on the screen was such a, an incredible moment 
too. I mean, there's so many great moments in Right in the Last Dragon, but that was wonderful. And I, now I'm going to ask you, what was your favorite Disney movie growing up? <laughs> I had so many. I loved Mulan. I loved Lion King. I loved Aladdin. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. I loved so many. Yeah. Going back to Raya, and as you're reading that script, because, you know, with animation, you don't get to see that much that far in advance. But was there a scene that resonated with you? Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of those scenes resonated with me, I think. Um, I think I've been I've been talking about this scene specifically a lot, but I think it, it is because it resonated with me. The scene of the the prayer scene where she is um, sort of doing, you know, an an offering almost to Sisu before she realizes Sisu is exists in the world still. <laughs> um, that scene was really important to me because it felt like capturing this moment that we don't really get to see anyone else experience. It's like this moment of of hopelessness. Like she's been traveling for so long and she is really scared that it's all gonna be for nothing. And she's so desperate in that moment. And she's praying to this being that she doesn't even know exists, if that makes sense. It's like a really, really personal, specific experience. And for me, as an actor, that was one of my favorite um, scenes. Oh gosh, I, lo- I love that that moment. And I, there's this gorgeous dynamic between Raya and the dragon, Sisu. What is it that that brings those two characters together, like in terms of like their personality, because they're so different, and yet there's this beautiful bond that they share and grow. Yeah, I think you know, like you said, they they both have such different ways of perceiving the world, and um, I think the reason why their dynamic is so wonderful is because they're both right. Like they both have these different ways of viewing the world, but neither of them are wrong. They're just speaking from their own experience. And the beauty of that relationship is when they let each other in and when they're able to learn from each other. And I think that that aside from, you know, all the witty banter and all of the the sort of funny back and forth that they have um, to me is really, really inspiring to know that you could have people in your life who view the world differently, who believe things that are different than you, but that you can still learn from them and and still um, welcome them into your life and become really good friends with them. I think that's a really beautiful, wonderful thing. And I think it's the reason for me why their dynamic works so well. I love the banter between Raya and Sisu. And I'm so excited for people to to see that. But did you, Aquafina voices Sisu, did you two know one another prior to... No, I always, everyone keeps asking us this question and we were, we were talking the other day and we were like, dude, everyone hates the answer to that question because everyone's like, you guys are best friends, right? And I, I adore her, but unfortunately we didn't get to work together on this movie really at all. Like we were just kind of working in a vacuum, if that makes sense. You're just recording by yourself. And so the dynamic that um, they were able to capture is, is pretty incredible. And I think this is a lot about the animation team and the story team. Um, and when Aquafina and I finally did get to interact a little more, we do have this like really bantery type of dynamic in real life or in real life via Zoom. But, <laughs> but yeah, during the making of the movie, unfortunately we didn't get to spend that much time together. 
Was this shot in the pandemic? Yes. So I think I might've had one or two sessions before we all went on lockdown. And then after that, everything was pretty much recorded in my boyfriend's apartment in like a makeshift fort that we made out of sound blankets taped to a wall. And then we just did the sessions on Zoom just like this. Yeah, it was crazy. What was that like recording that through through Zoom as opposed to being like, you know, at, at Walt Disney Animation Studios in a proper recording booth? Like, what were the challenges of that? Uh, it was hard. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because you're recording this the sound for this movie that you know is going to be incredible, but then like the internet's cutting out and there's construction happening and um, there's dogs barking. And it's, it's a really funny, strange experience to sort of have, uh, it's, it's almost like cognitive dissonance, you know? You're like, you imagine what working on a movie like this will be like. And then the reality of it is you're just trying to, you're, you're hoping that your internet connection is not gonna cut out that day. <laughs> You know, it's the, the joys of, of lockdown and relying on, yeah, hoping that a workman who's outside just doesn't cut through your internet. It's like, I know. <laughs> it's like, I need it to stay more than any other day and I can't go into the office. Um, <laughs> how different is it, you know, stepping into the world of animation and voicing a character versus being, you know, on set with, any other actors seeing everything because explain that for our listeners of you know when you're at the animation process where you don't necessarily see everything in front of you yeah it's totally different um there are really really cool things about it I think the coolest thing about it is that I've learned how to use my imagination a lot more because when you are in essentially a dark room and you your character is I don't know, in like a like in front of a large castle or (laughs) in a field full of drone. You have to really imagine yourself there and recognize the reality of those circumstances in order to really be authentic to that moment. And it's totally, it's a totally different experience than doing something like Star Wars, where you're on a set that is built to look like a ship and you're still using your imagination, but not to the extent that you have to use it for an animated movie. Um, So yeah, I will say that with every project, I feel like I am gaining more and more tools that I can hopefully use for future things. Um, Everything's a learning experience. I think I said at the beginning, the beauty of Raya and the Last Dragon is it doesn't just focus on one country. It brings so pretty much all of Southeast Asia together visually. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like to see that on screen, like from Indonesia, from Vietnam, from the Philippines, all those different countries represented in this one cartoon? Emotional. <laughs> um yeah, you know, I think what's like I said before, I, I think everyone was being really, really meticulous about making sure that this part of the world is represented accurately. And so to be able to watch this movie and sort of let all of that wash over me, if it makes sense, like all the little details of the food, in addition to the terrains that make up the five different lands in Kumandra, in addition to the types of fabrics and the shapes that make up the clothing that all the different clans are wearing, everything has been combed over with the fine tooth comb, by the story trust um, that was put together by Disney to make sure that we were doing justice to this part of the world. And yeah, it makes me really emotional to see all of that work 
because I think the truth of the matter is, is if you do it right, you don't have to talk about it. If that makes sense in terms of the characters, the characters don't have to talk about like, look at my outfit, look at this thing. Like it's just existing. And when I watch that movie, I think that's the most powerful part of it is that these characters are just existing in this world. And this world happens to be where my family's from. And it happens to be honoring this part of the world that doesn't get to be honored that much. And also that makes me emotional to see all of those things um, that resonate with me, the food, the martial arts, the clothing, the terrain, um, and have these characters just exist and flourish in that world without having to explain themselves. That is so important and empowering. And I mean, here you are, the first Southeast Asian Disney princess. It's happened. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Has that sunk in yet? It didn't really sink in until I started doing press for this movie and people have been saying it to me over and over and over. Um, And now I feel like it's starting to sink in. You know, like I said before, I I grew up loving Disney movies. This was, it was a huge part of my childhood. So to, to be a part of something like this is such a dream come true. And I think though, the most important thing for me to recognize is that being the first is really cool because it means we're breaking boundaries but you don't want to be the last, you know? (laughs) So I think that it's both an honor and a responsibility. It's really exciting to be here. It's incredible to be breaking barriers and to be part of the positive change. But another thing that's important to me is also opening that door and letting some other people through. And so I hope that it's not the last, but it is just the first. Yeah. Just at the beginning of many princesses ahead. One of the beauties of Riot is that she's strong, but she's also vulnerable. How did you tap into her and how how would you describe her personality? Yeah, I think that was really important to me to make sure that she was a character that even though she was technically a warrior, she was still witty and funny with her friends. She was still um, vulnerable in moments, like you said. Things make her sad and things make her angry. and. I think being honest to just what it is to be a woman, if that makes sense, like all of us experience this entire wealth of human emotion all the time. And it's so rare that we get to see that depicted in a character in movies for some reason. Um, But yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is it was really important to me to make sure that Raya was a character who felt authentic and not just an idea of what someone like this would be. As I mentioned at the beginning, you know, I love, Dawn Betterman in the cruise. And here we are. I love that. I love that movie. <laughs> that was my first drive-in experience. I've never done the drive-in. And really? So, so I took my friend's toddler and it's like, I want cruise two, five, six, a hundred. I'm like, okay, we'll we'll put that out there for you. Oh <laughs> but- my gosh. I'm so glad you liked it. That was such a fun movie to work on and such a different character. Um than Raya and I loved it. I loved every second of that. So I thank you for saying that. <laughs> we need to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a moment with more from Kelly Marie Tran. And we're back with Kelly Marie Tran. What draws you to a project or what do you look for when you're reading a script? What what's the yes I want to play this part? I think first and foremost I want to make sure that I'm not I uh, 
I'm not reiterating any sort of stereotype about a person or a group of people. Um, secondly, I want to make sure for me that I'm always learning and that I'm doing something different than I've done before. Um, I always want to feel like I am doing things that scare me. If it ever starts to feel normal or starts to feel like a pattern of behavior, then I feel like I'm probably not going to learn that much, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's really all about doing things that scare me. So on that note, I mean, what what's next for you? Like, I'm really excited to see what these next few years of of working looks like. Um, I know that eventually I really want to go down the route of of eventually writing and directing my own stuff. So I think I'm going to um, just do a lot of nerdy studying <laughs> in the next few years and <laughs> hopefully get to that point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't really have a vision specifically for um, what my next role will be. Um, but if it's anything like the last few things I've been able to be a part of, then I, I know it'll be better than anything I can imagine. So what does scare you? I'm just gonna jump off of I obviously we're in COVID, so this is complicated, but I would love to do something on Broadway. That's scary to me. Um I would I would love to do something small and really character driven and, and just like two people living life. Um that's scary to me. Um I would love to work with directors who challenge me. That's scary to me. Yeah, I don't know. I guess anything I haven't done before kind of scares me, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> if you say in Broadway, I can just picture Raya and the Last Dragon as a musical. Like it's got oh. all the visuals for that. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. <laughs> but how have you been doing in the pandemic? You know, everybody's been navigating it differently. Like, how have you been stay creative? I've been reading a lot of books. Um, and I've been, I really got into coloring books and I really got into painting and now I'm going to learn how to knit. So I guess I'm just that girl that keeps picking up hobbies. <laughs> That's how I'm coping at the moment. Um, I've been watching a lot of the Great British Baking Show because it's just like fully so soothing and wholesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I know. I think that we're all trying to deal in the ways that we can. I, I can't wait for the world to go back to a place where we can just celebrate together and be in community with each other because it's something that I'm missing a lot. Did you bake banana bread or did you go for the baking phase of, of I, the pandemic? I, I never baked bread, but I definitely made a lot of brownies. And uh, what else did I make? I made uh, shortbread cookies. Um, yeah, so definitely learned how to do a lot of things I don't think I would have learned how to do if I if I wasn't stuck in my apartment, you know? <laughs> I'm going to go back to Raya for a second. What was your favorite scene to see on, you know, on the come to life. I think my favorite scene to see come to life was the scene at the end between Namari and Raya, like that last big fight. It was so incredible to see that. And just the caliber of the lifelike animation, all of the characters and just their expressions and yeah I, I loved that scene um it was so so cool to watch was that fun to be a part of though to to act to be in the booth for that scene like yeah in the fake makeshift fort for that scene um <laughs> was really fun it was it's definitely difficult too because I feel like anytime you are doing a scene like that 
and you're really imagining, okay, so she's walking up to this palace and there's people running around and she's wielding a sword and you're having to like sort of make these grunting noises for a fight that you can't really see. Like you're not actually like in the booth or in the makeshift fort. I would like jump around and pretend that I was actually like doing stuff to like make these sounds feel authentic. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot more imagination work and, and trying to uh, really play the honest moment of that scene, which is hard to do when you're just surrounded by, you know, taped up sound blankets because <laughs> you didn't have the animation animation in front of you playing as you're doing that or did you no I did not no so most of the movie was made before it was animated so you're sort of just playing the truth of the scene and I think Don and Carlos who directed the movie were, were really really wonderful about being able to reiterate the circumstances of what would eventually be animated but yeah you're definitely not seeing animation while you're acting it, the animation happens afterwards so um yeah, it's wild. What are you hoping that people take away from this? Like, what's the one message you want? Kids, adults, families? I think that the one message I want to take away from this um, is the message that even if we live in a world that is broken or seems unfixable, um, taking a risk or taking the first step towards fighting for a better world, even if you doubt that it even exists, is a really brave, courageous thing to do, especially now. You know, like how, it's almost like, how can we even believe that there is good out there with this constant barrage of horrific things happening in the news all of the time? Um, but yeah, to be able to look past that, and to continue to fight for um, a better version of the world that we're living in. I think that's something I'm trying to, to do every day and something that I want to take away from this because hope is so rare and I think it's really important. I love that. It's so beautiful. And I do want to ask you this, and if you don't want to answer it, it's fine. It's such a hard time for our community right now with all the hate crimes against the Asian American community. What is the one thing Hollywood can do that people can do to help? It's a hard question because I think there are a lot of things that people can do that can help. And I also think that, I think it's a really hard time for a community. Again, horrific things are happening. Um, I think that other than, you know, donating money to companies that are supporting these communities or helping to raise awareness about the horrific occurrences that are, um, it seems almost constantly happening um, to our community. I, I think something that's really cool specifically with Raya is that in the midst of this brokenness and in the midst of this horrible, emotional, tumultuous time for people like us and people who look like us and people of Asian descent, I'm really, really proud of being part of a moment and a movie that is celebrating where we come from. And I don't know, I don't know how to really solve anything, you know, but I know that um, I personally just want to keep putting myself out into the world and, and, and hopefully telling more stories about um, people from this part of the world and hopefully by some miracle that opens the eyes of, of someone who, who might not have understood or not have grown up in a, in a world that had 
seen someone that looked like you or me. I don't know. I feel like stories have that ability to really get people to recognize that human beings are human beings, regardless of race, regardless of socioeconomic class, regardless of gender identity or sexual orientation or all these things. You know, I, I think that uh, being part of something that's just reiterating that we're all just human beings and we can all find compassion for each other is an important thing. So I'm really proud to be part of this movie at this moment in time. I think that it's going to be hopefully cathartic for our community to celebrate something during this time. I'm going to end on a happy note. Great. You are now immortalized as a Disney princess plastic figure. Like, what is that like knowing that little girls out there and little boys too will have, you know, you're, you're, you're a Disney princess that kids will be looking at. Yeah. That feels insane to me. Um, I was going to say, have you received one yet? Yeah. I have a bunch actually. Um, I would get up and, and show them to you, but the, that's right. <laughs> um, I, I am, I, I am so excited for, for people to, I just remember being a kid and I remember watching movies like this and I remember wanting to be in those worlds and wanting to exist in fairy tales and dreamlands and, and magical realms and to be part of a movie where hopefully young kids can, can imagine themselves in this world. Like that is, there are no words to describe what that means to me. And I I hope that people feel seen when they watch this. Do you have a favorite line? Yes. Um, princess undercut, probably. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but that those are my favorite words to utter. <laughs> princess undercut. On that note, we shall end. Thank <laughs> you so much, Kelly Marie. Thank Tran, you. Today. That was, was great. great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to read more in the Just a Variety column on Variety.com. We'll see you next time. Bye.